0: it's really easy to sing words to a song and I don't know if those words to that song strike you like they strike me but the words go and I know it's only for a moment and everything is working for your glory have you ever felt like you've been in the middle of a storm that has lasted more than a moment what do you do when God doesn't answer your prayer What do you do? How do you respond when the parents that you've been praying for get a divorce? How do you respond when the doctor says it's cancer? What do you do when your loved ones end up in jail, addicted to alcohol and drugs? Where do you settle in your heart? When the storm lasts beyond a moment. We've talked a lot this weekend about hope. And Mike has thrown out a rope and and he's demonstrated that we can put our hope in lots of people and in lots of situations. But the fact of the matter is this. Anything or anyone that we put our hope in outside of Jesus Christ will never ever last. When there's a diagnosis of cancer, your social status means nothing. Some of you understand that. When your parents get a divorce after you've prayed all this time, how many followers you have on Instagram means nothing. When someone you love and care deeply for is addicted to alcohol or drugs It doesn't matter what kind of shoes you wear. It doesn't matter if you have the latest and greatest iPhone or droid or the easy Jesus on your feet. If you have your hope in anything or anyone but Jesus Christ, it will fail and your life will be in shambles. I know because that's me. That was me a long time ago. And for some of you tonight, here's what I know. Some of you don't really know and understand who Jesus Christ is. Because during worship, we're too busy talking. And we're playing around and we're clowning around. And I get that some of us don't like to sing. I get that some of us don't have a voice, but when you understand who God is and who you're not, your only response is pure and genuine worship and it has nothing to do with music. There are literally thousands of people tonight in the world who live in closed countries. North Korea, for one. And what that means is this, if they get caught with a Bible in their hands, Their life is over. People in the Middle East are asked one question. Do you know Jesus Christ? And if they say yes, their heads get chopped off. But it's cool because we're at Howdy Weekend Camp. We're rocking the t-shirts and the tennis shoes and we all got crazy sunburns from the blue hole today. And frankly, I don't feel like singing to Jesus tonight because I'm tired. My heart for us tonight is for you to know Jesus. To really know Jesus. To understand that he is the only hope and the only anger for your soul. Because I'm telling you, if you don't already know this, at some point in your life, it's going to suck. And things are going to go wrong, and your prayers aren't going to be answered the way that you think they should be answered. And if you don't Know Jesus Christ. I'm talking know him as a friend. I'm talking know him as your Savior and as your God. If you don't know him, I'm talking more than just showing up at Southland on a Sunday. I'm talking more than just having a Bible with, with an awesome Bible cover. If you don't know him, your life will be in shambles. Hope an anchor for the soul Anything or anyone we are anchored to outside of Jesus Christ will leave our life in shambles. It's not that your anchor is bad necessarily. Good grades are something to be proud of. I wish I would have done better in my schooling. I don't talk about my GPA because frankly I'd rather not. Good grades are something to be proud of. Impeccable skin, I've never had it. Probably never will. But if you haven't, man, rock on. Good character, a great reputation, athletic skills, state championships, those are things to be proud of. But they cannot be your anchor. It cannot be your anchor. It's not that those things are bad, but it's that none of those things are the thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if life is all about state championships and good grades and a, and a Pinterest perfect house, then most of us have arrived. But the truth of the matter is if we strip everything aside and if we take our cool shoes and our awesome phones and our rocking hats and our incredible social status and the cute girl we have on our side, if we take all of that aside and we strip it to its core, we are all jacked up. Myself at the top of the list. Broken and busted and full of sin and full of pride and full of selfishness. Full of selfishness. Maybe you're like me and you've forgotten the beauty and the wonder of who Jesus Christ is. Or maybe you've never known him, but tonight we're going to take a look at who Jesus is. There's lots of names for Jesus in the Bible. Some are in Hebrew like El Elohim, Jehovah Jireh, uh, El Shaddai. Okay, but I made a list of English ones. And here are some of the names of Jesus. The Alpha and Omega. That means the beginning and the end. Can I get some lights, please? The Rose of Sharon. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. The God of the unshakable government. Jesus reigns forever, and and nobody can ever dethrone Jesus Christ. Nobody can ever kick him out. Nobody can ever be like, boo, God, we don't like you. We're going to choose a different God. Like, Just because people say Jesus isn't God doesn't mean that he's not God. He he sits on a throne forever, and night and day, and all day long, and all night long. When we go to sleep tonight, all of the angels in heaven... Declare holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And they never stop saying that. Not because they're robots, because that is who Jesus is. The God of the unshakable government. He's our high priest. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Man, if you don't know Jesus as your friend, you're missing out. He is your rescuer. He is our redeemer, our savior. He is the lion of Judah. He is the one who walks on water and the one who calms storms. He is the way maker, the child blesser. We could even say the baby knitter. He used his very big hands to knit you together in your mother's womb. And when he looked at you, he said, it is God. I do good work. doesn't matter if you hate yourself. When Jesus Christ looked at you after he formed you in your mother's womb, he said, man, I did a great job. Look at my kid. That's my kid. Jesus, he is the crowd feeder. He's the healer. He is the wine and the bread and the blood poured out for us. He is the giant slayer. I don't know if you know this, but Jesus is way bigger and way stronger and way more powerful than cancer. As incredibly powerful as Hurricane Harvey was, I read something where it says that Hurricane Harvey affected 46% of the population of Texas. That's bananas. And that was a really big storm. But as big as that was and as strong as it was, It pales in comparison to Jesus, the strength and the power that he has. He is the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Logos, the Word, the Word made flesh. Jesus is Master, Lord, the Christ, the Lion and the Lamb, the Almighty One, our Advocate. Jesus is the one who never stops praying for you. Did you know that? Have you ever thought, man, I wish someone would pray for me today. I'm having a bad day. Well, great news. Jesus prays for you every single day. And when everyone else throws in a towel on you, and when everyone else gives up on you, yourself included, Jesus steps in and says, no, you know what? This is my child, and I'm working on them. They're going to make it. I mean, what a God. What a God. He's our advocate. I love that. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the one writing your story, and it's good. It is good. He is authority. He is a beloved son of God, the bread of life. Jesus is the bridegroom, the chief cornerstone, the deliverer. He is faithful and he is true. Every promise of his in this book is yes and amen. And for thousands of years, Nobody, not one single person, not one really, really smart professor somewhere, not some crazy scientist on another state has ever proved him wrong. Because they can't. He's faithful and he's true. He's the Good Shepherd. He's Emmanuel. God with us, God with you, God with me. He's the indescribable gift, the righteous judge, the light of the world, our mediator, the Messiah, the mighty one, the risen Lord. Enduring the cross and three days after being in the grave, rising up from the grave, proving every hater wrong. That's who Jesus is. He is a prophet. He is our peace, our hope. He is the one who sets free. He is our rock, the way, the truth, and the life. He is the true vine, the victorious one, wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. And the list continues. When you are anchored to Jesus, you are anchored to more than just a name. You're anchored to more than just a name. He is all of those things and so much more. The scriptures often Refer to our walk with the Lord as a race, which I love. I love the analogy. I've always wanted to be a runner, and frankly, well, that never happens. And uh, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 9 tonight. 1 Corinthians 9. we're going to pick up in verse 24 it says this do you not know that in a race all the runners run but only one receives the price so run that you may obtain it every athlete exercises self-control in all things they do it to receive a perishable wreath but we an imperishable so i do not run aimlessly i do not box as one beating the air but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. One of my all-time favorite running stories, outside of the time I ran two miles and placed third place, because there were three people running, <clears throat> is a story of a man named Cliff Young. Cliff Young. Man, this is such an exciting story. The old cahoot, he ran in his boots. Weren't too many of anyone who believed he could. How the old guy ran for 544 miles. His name was Cliff Young, and he wasn't so much. He was 61 years old, a farmer. Mr. Young showed up for the race in his oshkosh overalls and with his work boots on, with galoshes over the top, just in case it rained. He had no Nike sponsorship. He had no wife, hadn't ever had one. Lived with his mother, never drank, never ran in any kind of race before, never ran a five-mile race, a half-marathon, not even a marathon. But here he was, standing in his work boots at the starting line of an ultra-marathon, the most grueling marathon in the world, a 544-mile marathon. Try wrapping your head around pounding the concrete with one foot right after the other for 544 endless stretching miles. They don't measure races like that in yards, but in zip codes. First thing Cliff did was take out his teeth. Said his false teeth rattled when he ran. Said he grew up on a farm with sheep and no four-wheelers, no horses. So the only way to round up sheep was on the run. Sometimes the best training for the really big things It's just the everyday things. That's what Cliff said. Whenever the storms would roll in, I'd have to go run and round up the sheep. 2,000 head of sheep, 2,000 acres of land. Sometimes I'd have to run those sheep for two or three days. I can run this race. It's only two more days. Five days, I've run sheep for three. Got any backers? Reporters asked as they shoved their microphones around Old Cliff like a spike belt. No. Cliff slipped his hands into his overall pockets. Then you can't run. Cliff looked down at his boots. Does man need backers or does a man need to believe? What you believe is the biggest backer you'll ever have. The other runners, all under a buffed 30 years of age, they take off like pumped shots from that starting line, and scruffy old Cliff staggers forward. He doesn't run. Shuffles, more like it. Straight back, arms dangling, feet awkwardly shuffling along. Cliff eats dust. For 18 hours, the racers blow down the road, far down the road, and old Cliff shuffles on behind. Come the pitch black of night, the runners and their $400 ergonomic Nikes and Adidas lay down by the roadside because that's the plan to win an ultra marathon: to run 544 straight miles. 18 hours of running, Six hours of sleeping, rinse and repeat for five, six, seven days. The dark falls in, renters sleep, cameras get turned off, reporters go to bed. And through the black night, one 61-year-old man far behind keeps shuffling on. Cliff Young runs on through the night, and there is a light that shines in the darkness, and darkness does not master it. Darkness can never travel as fast as light. No matter how bad things get, no matter how black the dark seeps in, no matter the depths of the night, the dark can never travel as fast as light. The light is always there first waiting to shadow the dark. Cliff Young runs on through the dark because he didn't know you were supposed to stop. The accepted way professional runners approach the race was to run 18 hours, sleep six for seven days straight. But Cliff Young didn't know that. He didn't know the accepted way. He only knew what he did regularly back home. The way he had always done it, you run through the dark. Turns out when Cliff Young said he gathered sheep around his farm for three days, he meant he'd run across 2,000 acres of farmland for three days straight without stopping or sleeping, without the dark ever stopping him. He gathered sheep by running through the dark. So along the endless stretches of highway, a tiny shadow of an old man shuffled along, one foot after another, right through the heat, right through the night, Cliff gained ground. Cliff gained ground because he didn't lose ground to the dark. Cliff gained ground because he ran through the dark. And somewhere at the outset of the night, Cliff Young in his overalls, he shuffled past the toned runners half his age. And by the morning light, teethless, Cliff Young, who wasn't young at all, was far ahead of the professional athletes. For five days, 15 hours, and four minutes straight, Cliff Young ran, never once stopping for the dark, never stopping until the old cheap farmer crossed the finish line first. He finished first, beating a world record by two whole days. The second-place runner crossed the line nine hours after Old Cliff. And when they handed Old Cliff Young his $10,000 prize, he said he hadn't known there was a prize. He had just ran for the wonder of it. So that all the other runners had worked hard, too, so Cliff Young waited at the finish line and handed each of the runners an equal share of the $10,000. And then the old cahootin' boots walked away without a penny for the race but with all the hearts of the entire world. While others run fast, you can just shuffle with perseverance. While others impress, you can simply press on. While others stop for the dark, you can run through the dark. The race is won by those who keep running through the dark. Could be the year to pull a cliff young. When those reporters asked old Cliff that afterward, what had kept him running through the nights, Cliff had said this, I imagined I was out running a storm. To gather up my sheep. As incredible and inspiring as this true story is, it reminds me of a greater one. There is a greater one than Cliff Young who ran through the dark. And his name is Jesus Christ. He ran through the dark because he loves you and he loves me. Hey, you've heard this story a million times, I'm sure. But see, when God created the world back in Genesis 1, it was perfect harmony. It was beautiful. And it was was breathtakingly beautiful. And Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the day with God and had perfect fellowship with the Father. But there was one rule, don't mess with that tree. And Abner and Eve, because they're sinful and broken, just like you and I, they messed with that one tree. They were robbed of an entire garden because of one tree. And God, in His sovereignty and in His mercy, didn't end it there. He could have squashed us under His big thumb, He could have spit on us, He could have stopped us under His foot, He could have just tossed us like a wad of paper into the trash and said, never again. He didn't create man because he needed us or because he was some psychotic, lonely God like, oh, I better make billions of people because I'm kind of bored or someone play bingo with me. No, he created you so that you could be like him, so that you could live like him. Because the reality is this, every second there are thousands of people dying and they're going to hell and they're going to burn in hell forever because they don't know Jesus Christ. They're not out of camp this weekend. Goodness gracious, how many people in Houston this weekend have lost everything? And they're hopeless because they don't know Jesus. They don't know the greatest news ever. They don't know this God who creates the most magnificent sunrises and the most beautiful sunsets. And the Bible says that when God breathes, he puts the stars into the night sky. And not only when he breathes, does he put stars into the night sky, but he calls them each by name. And he's really big and strong enough to listen to billions of prayers at once. Oh my gosh, I'm terrible at multitasking. If I were God, I would fail. But now, God, he listens to your prayer and my prayer, and he knits babies together in their mother's wombs, and he heals people of cancer, and he comforts mamas whose hearts are broken, and he mends marriages, and he has your name spelled correctly on the palm of his hand. And even in the midst of our selfishness and our pride, God says, I love you. I love you. He's not asking you to get your stuff together, man, because you can't. And I can't. I'm just like you. But in the midst of him being God and being really big and doing all things really well, listen, God is having a fantastic day today. Did you know that? He's not the least bit stressed out or overwhelmed by the problems of the world. He's not losing his mind. He's not sick and tired of all the people praying about their flooded houses. He's having a really great day. And I don't know if you know this, but he does his job really, really well. Doesn't he? I mean, we're in a little spot in Texas. I sat and tried to count the trees on the rock cliff today. Yeah, I don't even know what's a tree. I just think they look like giant broccolis, which is really gross. But I'm like, holy cow, like we're in one little small part of a speck in Texas. Not even the world. And that's how big God is. But see, he knew you and I would jack it up. He knew that you and I would be selfish and would care more about ourselves than we do him. And that's why he gave his greatest gift, his only son, Jesus Christ. And you guys know the story. Jesus was sent to earth and he was born as a baby and he never told a lie. He never said one bad word. He never cheated on his homework. And he took the cross that was mine and that was yours. And it wasn't an easy thing. It wasn't like it was just a bad day because oh, Jesus had to endure the cross. No, they beat the snot out of him and they pulled his hair out of his beard, out of his face and they mocked him. The same people that Jesus healed and he blessed and he fed, the same people turned their backs on him and they made fun of him. He did that for you (laughs) and for me. Holy cow, that's incredible news. And the best part is you don't even have to figure it out. It's a gift. It's a gift. Jesus says, I died for you to save you so I could forgive you from your stuff. So I could save you from yourself. And that same Jesus tonight invites you to come. To be loved as you are. Right where you are. Some of you, it's really hard for you to understand the love of Jesus because your homes are really jacked up. I get that. But just because you don't believe it to be true doesn't mean it's not true. And just because you don't feel like it's true in your heart doesn't mean it's not true. Jesus loves you just as you are. I lost another hair today. I saw it on my shirt while I was counting trees off the cliff. And you know what Jesus did? Minus one for tear. He numbers the hairs on your head. The Bible says in Psalms that he sees... When you go to bed and he sees when you wake up, not because he's some sort of creep, but because he loves you and he knows you and he delights in you. He sings over you. He dances over you. That's incredible love. In the midst of your failures and your shortcomings and your selfishness and your pride and your sin, Jesus thinks about you. And when he thinks about you, he smiles really big. It's like, yeah, that's my kid down there. I'm working on him. We'll figure it out. That same Jesus tonight invites you to come to be anchored to the only one. The only one true God, the sure God, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. He is not a fat golden statue. He is not a God that we have to face east or west seven times a day. He is the one true God. And he invites you to come. To be anchored to him. To find hope again. To be restored into right relationship with him. To simply be his. God is not like man that he should lie. His word is 100% yes and amen true. And he will never, ever change his mind about you. He will never stop being the God who saves the day. Because that is who he is. And no matter how many times you turn your back on him, he will never stop loving you. So I'm about to pray and here's what we're going to do. Tonight I'm inviting you. Actually, it's not me, it's more Jesus who's inviting you. Some of you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You've never surrendered control and said, okay, God, you can be God, I'm sorry, would you forgive me, and would you make me brand new? That's a beautiful thing. Remember how I told you Jesus loves you right where you are? Well, he's a, he doesn't just leave you that way. He makes you brand new. Man, if y'all really knew my story, I'd be the last one up here saying a word. Addicted to alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, angry, bitterness, resentment, unforgiving. But pray, God, the old has gone, the new has come. And that's not Terry anymore. That's not my identity. Because Jesus loved me enough. He said, all right, Terry, come here. Let me give you a new heart. And he gave me a new heart. And and he, he, he restored me. So the invitation is this. Some of you tonight, it's an invitation for you to place your hope and trust in Jesus Christ for the first time. That means you're—that means there's a line right here, and, and you're going to step across. Because some of you, you'd be walking this line like this. Like, Sundays, you're like, yeah, I'm cool, I love Jesus, I'm going to go to Southland. The Monday and Tuesday come, and you're like, uh, nope, Jesus, I don't know him. Uh, and you're dropping F-bombs and doing whatever you do. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the invitation is for you to just step over the line and say, okay. Jesus, I give up. You're God and I'm not. Would you forgive me? And guess what? He'll forgive you. And he'll give you brand new life. And it's beautiful. And for some of you, you've done that a long time ago. But if you're being honest, you know that you haven't walked in a way worthy. You you haven't represented Jesus in how you live. If you're being honest, you just came to this camp to hopefully find a boyfriend or a girlfriend or just to get out of your house. Real talk. Tonight's an invitation tonight for you to rededicate yourself, to to come to terms with who Jesus is and who you're not, and, and to say, God, I'm sorry, and can we start again? And he never runs out of chances. My favorite thing about you being anchored to Jesus is this. You will never crash when you are anchored to Jesus. Never fail proof. 100 percent money guarantee although no money is involved because it's a free gift so i'm going to pray and then that's you if you want to give your life to jesus for the first time i'm going to invite you to come and when you come you just come kneel at that cross and your adults your friends are going to come pray for you so that's option number one option number two is if you want to recommit your life to jesus christ and and make things right with him if you want to be restored in right relationship with him And, and if for those of you not making any of those decisions that's cool but i'm asking you to just sit there Be quiet and listen to the words of the song and just pray. Use this time to connect with the Lord, okay? God, thank you for tonight. And God, man, you are incredible. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. Thank you. God, would you restore your children tonight for these students? God, may they not miss this opportunity to be restored to you as the anchor. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you, come on.